You're listening to the Liberty Talks podcast with John Douglas and Michael Anderson on Freedom First Radio. We have to find a way to talk and have dialogue and be tolerant between other views. You have to have open dialogue, and that's where free speech is so important. Consent's a very important thing, and today in the Me Too movement, it's been very important because I think it's really opened up a lot of eyes. I think we should get away from this hookup culture and get back to relationships because when you have a relationship, you have that communication, you have that connection. If you committed sexual assault, doesn't matter when it was, you should be held accountable for that. However, we have to make sure that we actually make sure they committed sexual assault and we have to make sure that all allegations are verified. So put in these programs thinking that it'll help everyone, but what they forget is that the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. And I think that's what this whole movement is all about anyways, is uh, trying to be open to ideas. So, John Douglas, we are back. It's you and me, and we're on a live stream and a live video. So how are you doing, my friend? Michael, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Uh, first, first, uh video with us two uh first podcast video yes that's great as you can see michael's got his ron paul and his austin peterson sign I just, just pretend there's a texas flag and like a ted cruz sign right there and we'll be uh good um you need to get a flag or something man <laughs> yeah well you know i actually uh, got a texas flag in my house like a really big one and i have a gigantic picture of ronald reagan oh there you go Maybe i'll throw that up um but today is a really important day in the bad way because well what half bad half good uh, depending on how you want to look at it uh so there was two bills recently that just got introduced so the first was the virginia bill uh the virginia abortion bill and the second was the rhode island abortion bill and i actually have the name of them here uh so the so the Reproductive Health Care Act in uh, Rhode Island and the bill in Virginia just has a bunch of numbers and letters. doesn't really have a name. Um, but anyways, uh, this is what we're going to be talking about today. And what I just really want to jump right into it and uh, basically just talk about these awful, euphemistic, evil bills that basically uh, legalize abortion all the way up into birth. Well, yeah, I've actually heard about these. Um, maybe you can give us a little bit of insight. I know you've written a couple of articles about them, but I mean, they sound just absolutely ridiculous. If, if you saw what I posted on social media last week, it was something along the lines of if Democrats and leftists take these type of positions, the, the ones that uh, were, have been taken in New York as of recently, then more pro-choice individuals are going to start identifying as pro-life because just as the left is going hard to the left and classical liberals like myself are becoming more conservative, the pro-choice position in certain people's minds will become a pro-choice position, or I'm sorry, pro-choice position will become a pro-life position in some people's minds. Yeah, I totally agree. And if you look at, you can actually see it happening in real time, especially with Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin has been choice, I think, most of his life. 
and uh, he believes up to 20 weeks, but on Twitter, he's talking about how he's really having some moral qualms about it now because of how crazy the Democrats are being because of these gigantic uh, pro-abortion bills that basically allow you to uh, kill the baby all the way to birth. And uh, uh, so let's get into what this actually is. And so, yeah, I wrote some articles about it. I wrote an article about what's inside the Rhode Island bill, and I wrote a smaller article about what's inside the Virginia bill. So let's talk about the Rhode Island bill, because luckily the Virginia bill did get shot down, um, even though it would have allowed uh, abortion to birth, it did get shot down, and uh, so we can talk about that later, because I definitely want to get into what the governor said about it, but uh, starting with Rhode Island, so uh, so uh, yeah, I wrote my article on letthemblood.com, so you can go read it there, but go basically what it will do... We got an interview with Emily Burning, our second podcast ever so that's awesome you got to write for her uh, little nonprofit and on her website yeah. john uh yeah it's a really cool uh website guys go check it out letthemlive.com they actually try to convince women not to get an abortion and they raise money for women who cannot uh, afford a child so she can't afford it so they do really good work over there and uh on my article so uh, uh so, so here's what i wrote because uh, i actually read the rhode island built in its entirety and basically now, what I wrote is the contents of this bill are sickening and allow more harm and damage to be done to women. The bill repeals many statutes that criminalize doing harm to an unborn baby or even accidentally killing a woman, uh, killing a woman during an abortion. So essentially, the new law would make it legal to intentionally or unintentionally kill an unborn child in a womb, whether a mother wanted to keep her child or not. Now, that's just crazy to me, Michael. Uh, and this, this is the problem with the uh, pro-choice movement now. They've dehumanized the uh, unborn child so much to the point where if you kill an unborn child they don't consider that murder anymore while like if you beat a woman and her child dies they oh well not a human so who cares well of course not i mean that is the conservative argument isn't it i mean when it comes down to a pro-life versus pro-choice stance that's something that conservatives will jump on hey well when you kill a pregnant woman isn't it two people instead of one so it's almost, I mean, not like it's our fault, but it's almost like the conservatives have forced them to take that hardcore position by just directly asking them those type of hard questions. Like, where do you draw the line at? And as you know, so many pro-choicers and leftists will make jokes, say, oh, yeah, we need to have a Disney princess that has an abortion and things like that. And it's just mind-boggling. Yeah, Michael, it is mind-blowing. And the, the crazy thing is that uh, back in the 1970s, during Roe v. Wade, the Democrats said safe, legal, and rare. And, rare. and now what they want is basically abortion on demand anytime, anywhere, and they think it's something to be celebrated. They think that one way we can tell the value of your opinion is if basically how many abortions you've had. You even see people like Lena Dunham talking about how she wished she would have had an abortion just so she could have that moral standing in her, uh, in her mind, which is just crazy to me. To, to the left now, having an abortion is more becoming a rite of passage and a terrible thing. And you can see, uh, you can see that by how they talk about it, like how they – uh, we'll talk about miscarriages and equate that with having an abortion. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I've always considered myself pro-life, but I've been kind of on the sidelines of my pro-life activism, just more or less 
I don't, I don't like the state telling people what to do. I think that, uh, quote unquote, abortion is more of a medical practice, but it seems like the way the left is pushing abortion and treating it, that it's inspiring someone like me who doesn't take that topic as a very serious issue. Like, I think there are a lot bigger issues out there in the world that we could try to come together. I, I always see abortion being one of those uh, party line positions that it's like, okay, I'm going to vote for this person because they're pro-choice or pro-life, even though I disagree with half of with what they say. But I mean, when it comes to philosophy, right? Like as a libertarian myself, I believe in the non-aggression principle. And at what point do you say that you're violating someone else's right? Is it when they come out of the womb? Is it that a person has personhood once they are born, but they don't have thoughts, feelings, and the rights of an individual while they're still inside of their mother? These are questions that I find hard to answer, but I think that For example, like on our one of our first podcasts, I said, you know, I think I like to measure life by heartbeat, heartbeats and brainwaves, right? Right. This is way beyond heartbeats and brainwaves. So I don't, I don't even understand what leftists are thinking by trying to pass these type of bills. And so it's it's mind-boggling that the left will take these hardcore positions and it's like you said, right? Rare, safe. Uh, safe, legal, rare. Yeah, safe and rare. It's like, okay, cool. I mean, if it was safe and rare, then I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, I really don't want it, but this is pushing way beyond that. And it's like I said, on, on one of the first podcasts that we talked about, I said that I like to measure life by heartbeats and brainwaves. And this is way beyond heartbeats and brainwaves. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, let's be honest with what it is now. It's straight up infanticide. I don't see that there's any other way around it. it, if, uh, and, it and I, I got proof it's infanticide. Uh, the Rhode Island bill, something we actually have not got into yet, what it actually does if it's passed is it allows late-term abortions. I mean, not, I'm sorry, uh, uh, partial birth abortions. Wow. And, uh, a partial birth abortion is a procedure in which basically the uh, woman, the mother, starts delivering the baby while it's alive. And when it's basically halfway out of the womb, the uh, doctor does a lethal injection and ki kills it, and then and then they finish with the uh, with the abortion while it's halfway out. Uh, that, that's just straight up infanticide. There's there's no other way around that. There's no reason why you have to kill the baby halfway out uh, from when it's born. I mean, hey, you know, I'm not one of those. Oh, you're a baby killer, people. But I mean, that is straight up murder, John. I mean. Now that we have the video, you can see my my facial reaction. I mean, that is just gut wrenching to think about. A partial birth abortion is now legal. Yeah, Michael, it really is terrible how just the the, the left basically dehumanized the uh, the unborn to the point where now they're starting to make excuses for actually killing a child when it's halfway out, or even as we've seen the governor of Virginia now literally saying that he supports the killing of a baby after it's been born. Basically, you have the child, doctor puts it on the table, says, now do you want the child or not? 
If you say no, the doctor just kills the child right then. Uh, and, and this is a this isn't a like fringe group of Democrats. This is starting to become a mainstream opinion that many Democrats want to do because they're all in a running gun battle to become the most radical. You know what? I think really this is the problem. Like when libertarians try to say, "Oh, we're a pro-choice party and we're pro-choice," I think this is where they really mess things up with their ideology. This is why I'm a pro-life libertarian. Is because when you say something is a right and you're a libertarian, you fight for that right. And you fight in a radical sense for that right. Now, when it comes to abortion, how in the world can anyone fight in a radical sense for the right to an abortion? Because ultimately, you are taking someone else's life. And to the radical, most fringe extremes of that, you have to acknowledge it. Like, th you, there's no way that people cannot understand this is not wrong. I mean, you're taking a baby's life, the most innocent of innocent lives. And you know I'm not just pro-life. I'm I'm anti-war. I'm I'm anti-death penalty, and we don't even have to get on that topic. But I th I think this is the problem, right? The the liberals or leftists—they're trying to be principled. They're trying to be hardcore on their principles, but this is a principle where they are wrong. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And when it comes to libertarians, uh, my biggest thing is that. When you have rights, the point to your rights is that your rights cannot infringe on someone else's rights. The reason you don't have the liberty to murder someone or to steal from somebody is because once you do that, you've now infringed on the right to life or the right to property by engaging in those acts. And for that reason, that's why you cannot do them because the right cannot infringe on another right. Abortion is an infringement on the right to life. And I know a lot of libertarians try to say, well, I believe the government doesn't have the right to tell a woman because she has the liberty to get an abortion. I'm sorry, it just doesn't cut it. Because uh, at that point, that right to liberty is infringing on the right to life, and we all we take that seriously in all cases except for the killing of the unborn, the most defenseless human there is in the entire world, and it really is disgusting, uh, in my opinion, and uh, but and that's something I think libertarians need to uh, uh, have a bigger discussion about, uh, but that's nowhere near to just the horrific. Uh, ideas that the democrats have on abortion now i mean like, like i said it's like having abortion is sort of a good thing by democrats and uh that's just terrible they become so radical women's yeah. rights it's women's rights of it's course. your right as a woman much I, I i guarantee you then if this keeps going the direction it's going the next thing they're going to get to is basically nazi eugenics they're going to start saying that we need to abort uh everyone who's born with some type of birth defect or disability well I don't want to get into like a conspiracy or anything, but I mean, it seems like that's what the left already feels about when they, when they talk about like white males, right? I mean, you see people even in college and hardcore leftists saying, yeah, some, some white folks are going to have to die. White men need to die. So that way we can have equality. So it, does that not transfer over? It seems like it would be a part of eugenics, right? Like the white patriarchy has to go. 
right? But according to the theory of intersectionality, uh, to them, it does, uh, racism is only a factor based on who historically has been the most marginalized. So to them, being racist against a white person is actually a good thing because they've historically caused the marginalization. And that's one of the reasons why they're uh, so willing to kill the unborn too, is because they think that women historically have been uh, severely marginalized and therefore they should have the right to kill a child. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, take that same logic and say, okay, well, the white patriarchy has been in power. So now we have to have an, a violent, we have to have a violent revolution to overthrow the white men and the white patriarchy. So that way marginalized individuals can have the power. It makes sense. Yeah, of course. And uh, this is why the ideology is so dangerous because at its, at its heart, it dehumanizes uh, people just as the way the Nazis dehumanized the Jews. And I know the Nazis is the most overused uh, analogy there is, but this really is as close as, as you're getting right now is the, dehumani the dehumanization of certain individuals so that you can uh, kill them in a clear conscience. I think that would, I don't know, I would say that would be the difference between the right and the left right now. I mean, at the same time, we do have a lot of fear mongers on the right that use fear about illegal immigration. I think we could have a better conversation when it comes to immigration and uh, illegal immigrants and talking about documenting people and not just saying the terrors of illegal immigration, right? Like these people are gang members. But it seems like the left is more out and out about, you know, almost white men are not human. We don't have to have, we don't have to listen to your opinion or your, your feelings. And, and, and same with the unborn. They're taking it to an extreme where they don't even care about these individuals anymore. Yeah, it, definitely. And it's really sad to see. And if you're pro-life, uh, then you, you need to be sitting here for this. Even if you're pro-choice, but you, but you uh, like just pro-choice over the first three months, you, you should be taking a stand too, because what this is, is infanticide. You're listening to Liberty Talks Podcast with Michael Anderson and John Douglas. Follow us on Twitter at Michael, the number four, Freedom, and at Real John Douglas. Subscribe and listen to the show on Spreaker, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Liberty Talks Podcast is brought to you by all of our musician contributors and musical producers, including Shamari and Jarrell Beats. Uh, now, Michael, I actually have some poll numbers here uh, about how people feel about abortion. I was thinking we could talk about for a little bit. Okay. Uh, so uh, right in here, I have three categories, uh, adults, pro-life, and pro-choicers. And so I'm just, just going to ask you a question. Where do you think most the majority of Americans stand on abortion? Uh, do you think that they think that it should be available anytime, or do you think Americans think there should be restrictions on it? I think most Americans think there should be some type of restriction on it. You would be correct. In fact, 70, uh, uh, 75% think that at the very most, uh, you should only be allowed to get an abortion to three, the first three months pregnancy. 
however, 84% uh, uh, say at most to the first six months, uh, which is astounding. That shows that Democrats are highly out of touch. And just to um, put that in context, it's 27% for the first three months, 28% in cases of rape and incest, 10% only to save the life of the mother, and 10% under no circumstances should there be abortion, which adds up to 75% of all the adults polled in those four categories. So three-fourths three of all adults in the United States believe that there should be restrictions on abortion all the way up to the, uh, 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 at the very most, uh, three months. And, and that's kind of where I began my activism or the conversations that I had with liberals or left-leaning individuals before you and I really started talking was I said, hey, look, is there a line we can draw somewhere? You know, like three months, six months, there's a line, right? Okay, let's draw that line and then try to figure out where life starts and say, okay, maybe you can have an abortion up until like one month, two months, maybe three months, but there's a line we can draw somewhere. And, and this is just common sense uh, politics and policy that I would, I would have conversations about. So, I mean, I'm not surprised at all that most Americans lean more towards the pro-life position, especially, you know, considering the world we live in in 2019, more people are, like I said, more people are probably going to start considering themselves pro-life. Well, here, then I will read you something that will not surprise you, something that might surprise you. So uh, just tell me, how, how many uh, pro-lifers do you think uh, think there should be restrictions on abortion to the first three months? How many pro-lifers? Yeah, at the very most three months. Are you asking like like, like, in, like in percentage? Are you asking like pro life or like would you, are you saying like you would be okay for three months or we need we need to regulate after three months? So so uh, I'm asking how many pro lifers do you think uh, think there should be restrictions on abortion to at the very most three months? Eighty percent. No, it's ninety six percent. Oh, hey, I was gonna say ninety, but damn. Uh, but here's the one that might shock you: the pro choicers. How many, what, what percentage of pro-choicers do you think there, there should be uh, restrictions on abortion all the way up to the first three months pregnancy? 5%. Or at, the, at the very most three months pregnancy? 5%. No, 61%. Wait, what was the question again? How many pro-choicers do you think believe that there should be restrictions on abortion to at the very most three months pregnancy? 60%. 61 percent wow i was i thought you were gonna say something like shouldn't have restrictions up to three months i was gonna say like 90 percent of people do but should wow yeah and that just shows that democrats are widely out of touch now you have another poll it targets democrats specifically 60 percent of democrats think that there should be restrictions on abortion uh at the very most uh, the first three months uh, ninety-two percent Republican and seventy-eight percent Independent. So this is an issue that is uh, so. So abortion is not popular amongst the American people, at least uh, once you get past three months. And so it just shows that these politicians who's pushing these abortion bills in states like New York, Rhode Island, Virginia, they are severely out of touch with the American people. And the reason they're doing this is because they're trying to prove that they're the most radical, so they get the most brownie points in their party. But the American people and even their base is not up for this. This is not something they want. You know, it's it's just phenomenal how 
hardcore to the left that the Democrats are going. And it is, you know, do you think it's because of Trump? Do you think it's because of the pendulum swinging back and forth? Why do you think that Democrats are acting this way? Because, I mean, dude, even like three, four years ago, I mean, just 2015, Democrats were not talking about socialism. I mean, only Bernie Sanders was, but they were not talking about socialism. They were not talking about these radical views on abortion. Like, what do you think is making them have the gall to take these hardcore left positions? Well, I think the Democratic Party has been completely taken over by the radicals. Uh, I mean, if you look at the people you see most in the headlines, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, Beto O'Rourke, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, these are the most radical people in the Democratic Party, and they've completely taken over. All of the moderates have been swept aside, so the only way that, that, that moderates can keep up now is to just become the most radical person. And so I think you're going to see this a lot throughout the campaign, is that Democrats are going to say completely radical things to try to out-radical each other. Especially, and I, I think you're going to see this most amongst white Democrats. I, I think white Democrat contestants are going to say the most radical things because they're at a uh, disadvantage when it comes to the uh, intersectional hierarchy. But not all of them. I mean, you saw Kamala Harris just come out a few days ago and say how she supports uh, the Green New Deal and that we should ban all private cars and we should ban all semi-automatic rifles and we should ban all private uh, health insurance companies. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So it's, so it's not just abortion. They're going more radical on everything because right now all of the Democratic base wants is the most radical person. Now let me ask you this. Do you think it's going to work out for them the way it worked out for Trump? Because this is something I disagree with certain people. They're like, oh, Trump's hardcore to the right. Not really. He's more of a populist. He's giving into what the American people want, what he, they they think is popular so yeah he beat the drums on build the wall it was popular it's something that no politician has addressed in what 10 20 almost 30 years do yeah you definitely do you think that this hardcore rhetoric by the democrats is going to be beneficial to them as it was to donald trump in 2016 no absolutely not and the reason is because one donald trump's rhetoric wasn't really it wasn't radical uh it was just really mean <laughs> unpolitically correct right yeah um the, the democrats are completely radical i mean when you got kamala harris saying that she wants to ban uh privately owned vehicles i mean wow okay uh i i, I don't see how anyone's gonna get that and you can see that uh, a lot of the more moderate democrats are even saying that like blumenthal and the uh and howard schultz the new uh democrat that all democrats hate more than trump now because he's gonna run as an independent right we're talking about it uh, even they're saying these are not realistic plans, and and I agree with them. And these they, this will not help them win an election because it's so radical and so crazy. Uh, no, I don't think it's going to work. Um, the I, I think the only way you get this to work is if you can say it and not sound crazy. And I think the only person who is able to do that is Beto O'Rourke. But uh, I think as we saw in his last interview with I think sixty Minutes, there's he's just a block of wood. I mean that that dude is not a smart man. You know what's funny is I saw this headline today saying uh, Beto O'Rourke contemplating uh, running for president in a weird position as the front runner. <laughs> Beto O'Rourke is the front runner in the Democratic primary, and he hasn't even announced yet. Yeah, and I think number two is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. 
So the, the Democratic Party's moved completely radically to the left. And I don't even know if they believe these positions. Maybe they do. Uh, but the reason they're doing it is because in order to stay popular and relevant, they have to be as radical as possible. And that's why we're seeing what's happening with the abortion. That's uh, as soon as New York did it uh, and Andrew Cuomo, uh, I think that's who it was, uh, governor of New York. Uh, as, as soon as Andrew Cuomo announced that uh, this great, this great thing he did by allowing people to commit infanticide and murder babies that's about to be born. Uh, that's when he saw a bunch of other Democrats doing it because now everyone's got to be the first in their state. Everyone has got to be the most radical so they can run for elected office one day higher than state government. So let me add to this conversation. A lot of my friends said, like, for example, Bernie Sanders, right? Oh, let's fight for 15. We need free this, free that, yada, yada, yada. And I said, you know, do you really want that? Is that something that you really want? And they said, well, no. I mean, I want like nine or ten dollars minimum wage, not fifteen. I want free community college, not free college, right? So they thought. I mean, I think Bernie was. I, th I think. I think Bernie literally meant what he said. But they thought maybe Bernie was playing the long game, like, oh, I'm going to ask for this and then say this, kind of like almost what Trump did. Trump's like, I'm going to do all this crap. And then he really did like this, like only a little bit of what he said he was going to do. So what I'm trying to say is that, do you think Democrats are, are shooting big so that way they can compromise down and, and get what they want? Or do you think they're shooting big because it's popular? I mean, it seems like Trump was shooting big and then he walked himself back. That's what a lot of uh, politicians do in the primary. They're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then when it comes to the general, they're like, oh, I'm a moderate. I'm not a radical. Yeah. Well, well, Trump uh, shot really big. And the difference was that all the big things Trump wanted to do is actually achievable. All the big things Democrats want to do is nowhere near achievable. I mean, like, like let's say the Green New Deal, for example, uh, that would cost $60 trillion. It's, just, it's not happening. Uh, take uh, the abolition of private insurance. That's a quarter of the American economy. It's not going to happen. It, it never will happen. So what the reason they're doing is because their base loves them for saying the most radical stuff. And they want to be the person who's most out in front, who gets the most camera time because they're saying the most radical thing. I think that's really what it comes down to. The biggest difference between Trump and them is that the thing Trump says is actually doable. I mean, tax cuts, build a wall, rebuild military. I mean, that's not a difficult thing to do, except for Republicans, but generally it's not a hard thing to do. You know what I think you and I should do, John? I think what we should do is get some, get some reasonable Democrats. I know, I know some liberals that are decent, some decent um, middle-of-the-road classically liberal leftists or Democrats out there. Um, I think we should get them on the program and then talk to them about these radical positions like ending the privatization of healthcare and the Green New Deal and see what they think about it. See how practical they think it is. I think that'd be a great idea. And I think we actually have some that we can invite on. I think that's what we're going to do. I think we just, we just talked about it right here. So I think we, we got to do it now. All right. Well, then maybe y'all can see that on the next episode of Liberty Talks podcast. Thanks so much for watching.